0: Welcome to Injury Time, your one stop shop for everything on Indian football. Well, the domestic season in India might be done, but football action still continues. This time, it's FC Goa who are set to make their maiden appearance in the AFC Champions League. Remember, Goa earned this right by finishing on top of the Indian Super League points table in the 2020 21 season. This time round, they find a place in Groupie of this competition with three big name clubs Persipolis from Iran, Al Ryan from Qatar, and Al Wada of the UAE. And in this episode, We will get to everything that is to know about these teams. Well, how cool is that? Helping me, your host in this episode, are two guys who are very familiar with Asian football. First up, joining us from a little outside Jerusalem is Uri Levy, the brains behind Baba the platform that focuses on Asian football apart from other continents as well. Hey, Uri.
1: Hi, how are you doing, Naveen? Thanks for having me today.
0: Doing really good and thanks a lot for joining us. Also, making his debut appearance on Injury Time is Ahmed Hashem, who is a journalist with Qatar Football Live. Your doorway to Qatari football. Hey, Ahmed.
2: Hey, Naveen. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Pleasure is all ours, man. And our constant, like always, Sandeep, who joins us from Bangalore. Hello, Sandeep. Hi, man. Hi, guys. Thanks. Uh, Thanks a lot for doing this. Well, guys, without wasting much of our time, let's just dive right in. First up, Uri, I would like to come to you. competition this time around, unlike the 32-team competition that has been the case over the past 40, 39 editions of the AFC Champions League. What are you expecting from this time around, apart from the increased number of matches?
1: Yeah, well, it's going to be a special AFC Champions League edition because, uh, you know, as we've seen the last term, the 2020, that uh, because of the pandemic changed its format basically and became... And turned into a tournament that is much more similar to a, a World Cup or an Asian Cup, like a centralized tournament. This as well uh, will offer different uh, experience for the for the followers and the fans. And we're gonna have the West Zone play right now this April in uh, centralized venues in uh, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, and India. And this is why we're here. And we're gonna wait for around almost two months for the the other part of the East zone, which is kind of bizarre and, and, you know, it could be, could harm a little bit uh, the buzz and the vibes of the whole tournament or like, you know, the AFC Champions League as a whole, but, uh, you know, unquestionably, it's going to be a fascinating uh, competition this year with many debutants, with many teams that uh, changed throughout the pandemic And you know, pandemic football is is bizarre and it's a surprising theme. And I'm super excited to see what's what this AFC Champions League West Zone tournament we're gonna gonna produce us. Yes, of course.
0: All right. Ahmad, what about you? How are people in Qatar perceiving this edition of the Champions League? One of the teams will be playing in India, not in Qatar. Are the Al-Ryan fans a little disappointed because of that?
2: Um let me just say that Al Ryan fans are disappointed. Not because of the location, but because of their team itself, you know? Okay. And uh, I think I, I saw someone say that uh, just don't bother traveling. Don't bother okay. participating at all because they're disappointed with the team's performances lately. And even though they finished third in the recently concluded season, uh, the fans are not happy at all with, uh, with the team's uh, performances, not just in the past season, but also uh, over the past few seasons in Asia. Because they've never qualified out of the group stages uh, in the Asian Champions League in its new edition after 2003, so it's like a it's like a thing that uh, fans of Al Saad, for example, is the most successful Qatari club, they like to poke fun at Ryan fans that this is not your territory, you know. So mm-hmm. I think Ryan fans have come to internalize that as well that they don't believe in their team that much, especially now that they don't have a. a a very good squad, you know, in terms of depth. So, I don't think that they expect too much. So, if, even if they just qualify out of the group, I think fans will be really happy.
0: Well, the banter game is going pretty strong in Qatar, I assume, with that. Obviously, yes. It's,
2: it's, it's been going on for a long time, yes.
0: All right. Sandeep, what about you? Uh, FC Goa making their debut, an Indian team in the premier uh, domestic club competition of the continent. Uh how how is India perceiving the Asian cha- Asian Champions League
3: this time around? It's a it's a new new completely new tournament for India. Uh, i have tried to speak to multiple players who have played, you know, international level football and um, the, even the qualifiers for the Asian Champions League, and they all say the level is significantly different from the AFC Cup and. Uh, To be fair, our national team captain on these women's Like this is unprecedented. I honestly do not know what to expect from this tournament. Uh, We've seen these clubs, but we've never played against them to see our level to compare. So, this is massive for Indian football because, uh, let's be honest, the Asian Champions League is not something that uh, Indian fans care about at all. You don't have telecast, you don't watch it. We don't know the levels that we are going to compete at. So, this will be like an eye-opener for us to learn where we are because there is this notion that uh, Indian football is much ahead than what it actually is. With the social media and the promotion and things of that nature. So, this will be like a reality check and it's in a good way because it's a chance for us to see where we are and uh, what it takes to be at that level. So, uh, it'll be interesting. So, we're looking forward to that actually. And the games are at uh, you know at night and at 10.30, which is absolutely great for someone like me because I work quite late into the night. So, 10.30 kick-off is perfect. I can sit and watch <laughs> the games properly.
0: <laughs> it's, it's benefiting someone at least. Uri, uh, this time, Group E is what we are discussing in this episode of the Injury Time. Four teams, Persepolis, the runners are from last edition and one of the biggest names from Iran. Al Ryan from Qatar, yes. Goa from India and Alwada who come through the playoffs. Uh, let's talk about Persipolis yeah. here. A team that has been a strong hold in Iran and also in the Champions League. They were they a, yeah. yes they were disappointed last time round to lose out on the final. Uh, is re- re- revenge on mind for them going into this edition of the competition?
1: Yeah, well, you know police in in the FC Champions League in the past uh, few years. I would say it's uh, it's one of the biggest names that the competition can host. Um, if you look on in, on. Uh, in, uh, they they reached the final in, in the la- in two of the last three tournaments. Uh, they produced great players uh, consistently consistently throughout the years. Also to team Elite, to the Iranian national team. Also players who are uh, going and playing in Europe. Um, and and it's something that you know Persepolis in in the, in in the levels of Asian football. It's it's a giant. If if we look on the rest of the group. There is a ma- major gap between in, in club size in, man- in comparison to El-Wahda and El-Rayyan, and of course, Goa. Um, but Persepolis is an interesting club, not only because of football, but also because its significance in Iranian society. You know, Persepolis, um, that was founded in uh, 1968, was a huge symbol for, uh, you know, for Persian identity in the revolutionary Iran. It's a club with uh, really millions of fans in Iran and, and across the continent, and, and, and a big symbol for 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 Iranian football fans. Uh, and we need to understand that it's a club that won uh, consecutively four championships in the in the Persian Gulf Pro League, uh, six cups. They haven't won any AFC Champions League whatsoever. Uh, but again, they are producing great players. And also, right now, when we are looking at the squads of this group, and you look at the goalkeeper, Hamid Lak, and the CB, experienced Jalal Husseini, and you have young talents like Mehdi Abdikara and Mehdi Torabi, and experienced players like Vahid Amiri, and um, at, the, at the midfield, Ahmad Nurulai. And it's, it's a, basically a team that's supposed to finish this group maybe uh, maybe 80% success. Uh, this, is, this is what we are speaking about. It doesn't mean that it will happen, you know, in a tournament that is in a centralized venues with no fans. As we've seen in Qatar, and Ahmad can uh, describe and tell us uh, better than myself, about last uh, term tournament, what's going on, and what what kind of shocks can can happen in an empty stadium or in a, a huge stadium with a minimum number of fans? But Persepolis is here to just cross above these uh, three teams and go straight to the knockout stage.
0: Well, Ahmad Nakh, you mentioned the guy who replaced Alireza Bayramvand after he left for Belgium.
1: He's been exactly
0: a, he's been a revelation in the team since he joined in September, right?
1: Yeah, Ali Reza Beronvan is basically one of the best stories in in Asian football. You know, he was uh, born to a nomad community in the uh, northeast part of Iran, Uh, traveled alone as a teenager to Tehran, lived in the street, paved his way through the Iranian football uh, uh, lower leagues until he got to, to Persepolis and he was a sensation. If you remember the World Cup in 2018, he stopped a penalty for Cristiano Ronaldo. I was there in the stadium. The vibe and the buzz was ecstatic. Sixty thousand people uh, in Kazan. It was wow, wow, something really. It was amazing. And um, you know, Baron Van, it took him time um, to to settle in in and is not an um, not an easy club to you know, to compete for, for, the, for the first team. Uh, and obviously a goalkeeper that shines in, in Asia has a lot to do and to go through before he can produce the same quality of work in Europe. Uh, but I think this season he received more chances. Uh, I had a first impression from uh, Leo Rafaelov, uh, an Israeli player who plays with him in the same team and he only spoke praises on him and said... First of all, what a great professional Baron Vand is and what a fantastic goalkeeper he is. And, you know, Antwerpen are looking on Baron Vand as something, you know, for years to come, not only for, you know, to try to two years and go back to Iran or something, and not at all. Um, so in these manners, you know, Hamed Lak, the current goalkeeper of Persepolis, is setting eyes on Europe, maybe Turkey, maybe Belgium. We're not talking about Premier League football here. But for sure, Persepolis is a wonderful stage to show your talent, obviously.
0: Well, uh, yes, Persepolis, hands down, the favourites to get out of this group as a table But is there a weak link that other teams can probably rely on when they go up against Persepolis in this group, group stage matches?
1: You're speaking with me? Yep. Ah, Yeah, yeah look, again, uh, everything everything that uh, takes place in a, in a centralized tournament, in a, in a neutral venue for, for three teams out of four teams in the group, basically, it's open. It's a 50-50 chance, you know, and uh, Persepolis are also facing, uh, you know, the suspension of an important player from, from their team, uh, Issa Kasser, who we remember basically rocked AFC Champions League in, the, in 2020 with goals, and he was fantastic, really. He was... Such a pleasure, pleasure player to watch. But uh, his celebration, like he made this kind of a gesture that is not accepted in Asian football, obviously, uh, which uh, you know the AFC disciplinary committee described as a bigotry and uh, and uh, uh, how did he call it a display of racism? Uh, That it was a misunderstanding and it was like a gesture he did for his niece or something like this, his cousin. Uh, or something like this. But basically, man, when you are playing international club football, it's not Iran. It's not a Persian pro-golf league. You know, bang the goals, celebrate as you can, but be careful with the with the small gesture because you don't know. And you know, I spoke with a lot of people in Iran about this incident, and many followers of mine in the Twitter wrote me because I was I was writing about it telling the story, they tell me, look, he didn't know, and maybe it was his first time out of Iran, so he didn't understand the, the importance or the meaning of these kind of things. But, you know, he was a, a, he was a vital part of their efforts to go to the final. Uh, his, you know, his absence was felt in, in significance in the final, uh, eventually against Tulsan, you know, a match that for me, Persepolis, must win for for me it was a it was something that they couldn't let go uh, but you know this is these are the gaps and uh, you know coach ich uh, golo mohammadi will have to cope with what he have and in may Abdi you have a good uh, a good forward that uh, will replace him and for sure will bank some goals in this in this uh, group for sure okay. Ahmed, uh uri was talking
0: about the problems of playing in a centralized venue right uh, and matches coming thick and fast in the in, in a situation like this. You've seen the Champions League last time around, also the, the fair end of the competition happened in a centralised venue and a lot of football matches now. competitions happening in a centralised venue. How different is it? Given that there's no fans, nothing happening and you're all by yourself inside the stadium. Um, well, let
2: me tell you in 2019 in the semi-finals and in the quarter-finals, I was very fortunate to watch two very exciting, very thrilling games between al Saad and al Nasser in the quarterfinals and al Saad and Al-Hilal. The stadium was packed and al Saad Stadium is like um, it's got a capacity of almost 12,000 and um, all, all the stands are covered. So when it's packed it's amazing. The sounds are amazing. So I was able to enjoy that and just one year later I was back at the same stadium and there was not a single fan in the stands. So I have It was a very bizarre experience, as uh, Yuri said before. I've never seen anything of this kind. And it's not just salsad. There were matches played at uh, some of the huge World Cup stadiums, you know, 40,000-seater stadiums and nobody in the stand. It it looks very, very strange. And it's not like these clubs cannot attract fans, you know. In normal circumstances, if we were playing in a centralised venue like Qatar, for example, Iranian clubs always get fans when they come to Qatar or when they come to the UAE. Persepolis uh, is a very, very, very famous, very popular club in Iran. As uh, Yuri said, I mean, you just got to look at their Instagram followers, man. That's that's huge. And uh, people uh, really have a huge passion for the club. So I think it's a big loss for them that they're not playing at home. It would have been a great experience for clubs like Goa to go to the Azadi Stadium and experience something like that. But for Persepolis as a team, let me tell you, I don't think they're, uh, they're a team that uh, goes down under pressure. They're a team that thrives in pressure. You know? that's, that's the kind of uh, mentality that they have. For example, last season, uh, I, watched, uh, I didn't watch many of their games, but uh, uh, I was there in the stadium for their uh, uh, match against Al Sad when Issa kassir scored the winner very late on and knocked Savi's side out of the Champions League. Uh, and then, as Yuri said, he was suspended for that celebration. And that was a huge blow for them, because up to that point, he was the top scorer of the team and he had just changed the nature of their campaign. And to lose a player like that at that stage, I think a normal team would, you know, they would be affected mentally, but Persepolis has huge, huge mental strength. And uh, they were able to then overcome Al Nasser in the semifinals. And Al Nasser, until that point, was one of the most informed teams. So Persepolis, I don't think it's a team that's uh, affected by, you know, the lack of fans or something like that. They, even when they lose some of their best players if you look at the last 3 4 seasons you know they've lost Beiran One, they lost shoja khalilzad bashar san alipour and all of these players who've either gone to europe for uh, you know better opportunities or uh, better playing better paying clubs in in qatar so uh, they've never been affected by that they've consistently been able to attract top talent from other iranian clubs and also some of their young talents so it's a it's a machine it's a huge machine that uh, you just can't expect you know even if currently they're top of the table in iran but even if they were not i would say form goes out of the window this it's that kind of a team persepolis is is uh, they're a team that thrives under pressure
0: it's an asian calling not if i may see
2: yes yeah definitely
0: all right but uh Ahmed, what about Al and you said not not a great season for them despite finishing third, which will guarantee a playoff spot in next season, Champions League for them, if I'm not wrong. Uh, Lauren Blanc coming in, what has he done with this team and where is his team heading now?
2: Uh, when Laurent Blanc came in, if I'm not wrong, uh, Ryan were outside the top four. When he came in, I think they were uh, sixth. I'm not sure of the exact uh, position. And uh, they were struggling, uh, you know, to to get back into that uh, the kind of position that they were in last season. Because at the end of last season, they were con- contending for the league title until the last day of the season. And if they had won the Derby game against Al Arabi in, in the penultimate round, I think, they would have won the league title and it would have been a huge uh, challenge, huge uh, achievement for them. And to... To follow that up with this kind of a season, I think it has really affected them mentally. The players are uh, not in good shape. But that was the situation when Laurent Blanc came in. Because their star player, Yasin Brahimi, has been a shadow of his you know, usual self. He hasn't been able to contribute uh, in the same way as he did last season. when He, he should have been the player of the year in, in Qatar. Most people would agree on that, but Akram Afif won the award in, in, uh, at the end. But uh, this season, Brahimi has been uh, completely, I think, uh, I would say that it's been one of his worst seasons in in club football, probably. And I was able to watch uh, one of his games last month in the Amir Cup. And I will tell you, it was very, very frustrating. Because uh, he holds on to the ball too much. He doesn't pass to his teammates. And I can see from his teammates' faces that they're literally crying out for the ball but they have too much respect for him that they can't you know shout shout it to him and 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 that really really affects the the team's performance and uh, one of my friends uh, Walid who is who runs the DZ foot uh, account he's an expert on Algerian football he told me this that uh, Brahimi even if he's a very talented uh, very experienced player he has this uh, this part of him this characteristic in him that when he goes down and when his performances go down, then the team is affected. And when his, uh, you know, when he becomes too selfish, that is the end of the team's, you know, chances for that season. So that's what happened this season. He, he has not been inspired at all. So I think it's very crucial that Laurent Blanc is able to motivate him and and to make him a better team player and be the inspirational captain that he should be. You know. And I think they will also be. Ryan will also be very, very uh, <clears throat> unfortunate. That you know, it's unfortunate that they don't have Gabriel Mercado. Who's been injured. He was a very something that player. I was
0: getting onto uh, with my next. Yeah,
2: he he was a very 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 crucial player for them uh, last season because they finished with uh, the most clean sheets. Uh, the backline was amazing last time, and this time it's this. It was supposed to be even better with the addition of Shuja Khalil Khalilzada. Obviously, uh, from Persepolis. And I think that's a good uh, storyline when, when Ryan faced Persepolis. But uh, with Mercado out of the picture, I think uh, Ryan will struggle in that department again because the goalkeeper has just returned from an injury. He's not back to his best. And the, the stand in center back, Damit Travari, in my opinion and in opinion of most Al Ryan fans, is just not good enough at this level anymore, although he's mm-hmm. very experienced. So I'm a little concerned about Al Ryan's back line. And when when Brahimi turns off switches off, then that's it for them because their goal scoring department is very weak at the moment with uh, Johan Boli missing so many sitters. You know, I saw someone write that uh, Johan Boli was a prolific goal scorer. I, I don't know how you get that because when he scores one, he misses uh, ten sitters. Well, probably, probably the eleven uh, goals he
0: scored so far.
2: Yeah, uh, see, I can just tell you what uh, Al fans said when when there was news that he had an offer from a Saudi. Club one Al Rayyan fan said that I would drive him to the airport myself. <laughs> <laughs> so so that, that's the situation. The so Ryan fans have been clamoring for a, for a better forward for someone like Hamdallah Abdurrazak Hamdallah, who's a, who's a, who's, a, who's at Al Nasr right now. He when he left Al Rayyan, it was a very really lucrative move for Ryan because they got paid a lot of money, and they weren't able to reinvest that and get a good replacement, and they've been suffering with that you know ever since. So. I'm not very positive about their chances. they may be able to finish second, but even that's not good enough in a format that right. has
0: changed right so yes, uh, do you see them sneaking in as a one of the best uh, second uh, second place teams
2: um I'm not sure let's see what how they'll cope with the the change in conditions and right. you know playing while fasting and all uh, after fasting and all, right. all that so we have to see okay. as I said it depends on brahimi man he's on on his day, he can
0: change the game. Okay, well that
1: brings. us... Up... Well, yeah, now if I can just to to really you know to to strengthen what Ahmad is saying here. You know, when I was covering uh, Algeria in the Africa Cup of Nations 2019 in Egypt, uh, at the beginning of the tournament, Brahimi didn't wasn't a starter. Uh, basically, throughout the whole tournament, he wasn't. So basically all the Algerian journalists were afraid when Brahimi would start to be uh, this depressive uh, figure inside of the Algerian dressing room. But uh, I interviewed him after the semi-final against Nigeria and he was excited. And he, he, I think he, he was on the bench or maybe joined for like two minutes or something like that, or never, didn't play even. But he, he was telling me, for me uh, to sit here and to see a winning team, Algerian winning team, it makes me feel happy. So I think that if Real to put, you know, the Qatari Cup final behind them, where they lost uh, recently to El Saïdia, and Brahimi will get into the positive vibes like uh, Ahmed was uh, describing here. They can compete with El Wahda for okay. for something here. I, I do think. Well, Al Wahda and
0: Al Rayyan, the teams looking for their second spot, but before that, Sandeep, FC Goa, a him campaign in the Champions League. We all know that uh, getting out of the group might be a bit too much for them, but. Going into the competition like this, what can the Indian football fans expect? Expect from FC
3: Goa? Well, to be honest, if they get uh, three points in the whole thing, I think uh, I'll be happy. I think that'll be a good performance. Three draws or one win and uh, the rest of them losses, whatever. Because look, these are uh, West Asian teams. So the thing with West Asian teams is because the way the AFC Cup is now structured. Uh, Indian teams don't play a West Asian team until, say, the, they reach the final. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the semi-final. I, I'm not exactly sure. But it, much, much in the later rounds. And in the last, uh, since 2008, we've reached the semi-final three times. Of which one ended up in the final and lost to Air Force Club. Right. And so we don't really know the level that we are playing, the physicality of these uh, West Asian teams that is coming into this, uh, coming into these tournaments. Because I spoke to Clifford Miranda, who played for the Dempo team, who reached the semifinals in 2008. And he was saying, when they walked through the airport, the people were actually laughing at them. Because they were genuinely <laughs> laughing at them. He said, yeah, because they they had no fear. They were like, yeah, this is an Indian team, <laughs> whatever. But Dempo is one of the greatest club teams that India has produced, at, at least in recent history. We had good right. teams in the 60s and things, but... Uh, too, too far away, right? It doesn't matter now. Right. So he, for them, it was a challenge. And they are the last teams to have played a few, you know, West Asian teams and beaten them or just about competed with them and things of that nature. So now coming here against this sort of physicality is going to be very difficult. Maybe they could have, uh, the fans being there would have helped. But we know the situation with the pandemic and fans not being there is a big blow. And also if the matches are happening, let's say in the afternoon, At uh, 2 in the afternoon or something like that because of the heat and all these kind of uh, the weather conditions. Maybe they're training in that situation. They know it better. It might help. But they're playing in the night. The Goa's playing their games at 10.30. So I think it's more or less level, maybe humidity, but I don't think even that is a major factor once we reach at that time. So uh, it's going to be very difficult. Goa's, Goa's a good team for Indian standards. But uh, we just have to see the difference. Even I'm excited to see the difference level difference between an AFC Cup and the Champions League. Because we have seen qualifiers that in the Champions League qualifiers that uh, BFC have played or Mohan Bagan has played. There also, they went to Jordan and things like that to play these games. And uh, it was tough to watch them. Like, you don't look like the... It just feels like even the Air Force Club, the final AFC Cup final that we, we were there in Doha to watch that game. It didn't look like a great game because it's tough to compete against the the West Asian teams. So, they don't let you play the way you, you've been playing. You beat a Johar and someone you outplayed them and things like They don't let you do that. And Goa likes to play on the ball all the time. They are allowed to be on the ball. They are better than most of the teams in uh, better courts than most of the teams in ISL. And they get to this level. They have to deal with the fact that they don't have that much of the ball. And they have to be you know, running a lot more. You have to tackle a lot more. And they have some short fuses in that team who might, uh, you know, get a red card. And if that red card comes, and you are, it's a floodgates have opened because you can't run behind these teams with 10 men. That's just not possible. So it's a massive challenge. It's a different challenge, but uh, one that we are looking forward to. And I hope uh, even if they lose, people don't take it to heart and start, you know, saying, oh, Indian football is shit all over again. Like, that happens all the time. They will it's just the level I think. Yeah,
1: but it's just a level, right? It's going to be very <laughs> yeah, difficult yeah, yeah. to compete with them. Right, uh... so, I, Sandeep, I, I, I want to tell you, you know, the, the, the gap between the AFC Cup uh, to the AFC Champions League is huge. As someone who covers the AFC Cup in the past uh, six seasons with Palestinian teams... Um, if you remember, El Air Force Club won the AFC Cup three times in a row. We called hey. it the, the, the ancient Sevilla, the, 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 you know, because they won it three times in a row. When they arrived in the, uh, the Champions League, they couldn't compete. They weren't in the level. Uh, so the maturity process that the club and a football scenario need to go through, making the adaptation between the AFC Cup to the AFC Champions League, is uh, is a process of years. is not a process of of, of a few games. Right. And in this manner, you know, Goa needs to be very you know modest when coming to play such clubs, even right. if it's you no. Know.
0: Right, Sandeep, uh, a huge challenge, no doubt about that. But uh, given this situation, were you a bit surprised uh, with the squad that Juan Fernando has gone on with? He's left out for Heortis, and he's also left out Igor Angulo. So,
3: two of the guys who were really influential for him in the ISM. Well, he didn't leave out Ortiz. He left out Noguera.
0: Nogera, sorry.
3: Uh, so, uh, Angulo is a big surprise for me because Igor Angulo has played uh, for a long time and he's someone who we have seen that he doesn't take too many touches to score a goal. Like his touch map is like three touches and one goal. That's his touch map for game or half per half and things of that nature. So, he's a very clinical finisher. So, I would have always thought, although he does not really fit into the way Ivan Ferrando wants to play his football and things of that nature, having having him who can come, you know, just finish off the one chance that you might get in a game. And we know that the other players are not that great at finishing. Edu Bedia is never going to be in a situation where he's going to be at the receiving end of this. You know, He's a free-kick taker. So, he's generally the guy who puts the ball in. And he's deep-lying midfielder. So, he's not going to be there. Ortiz is not as clinical. He's a very good player, uh, very good dribbler, but he's not going to be the finisher that Angulo is. And they've gone with the two centre-backs, which makes sense. Donachi has played at this level before in Australia. Uh, Ivan Gonzalez is a good ball-playing defender. Maybe his height is a little bit of a suspect in this, but hopefully Donachi can be the main uh, guy who went, goes for the header and things of that nature. But Angulo, man, like I feel... This is me. Like He could have got that one goal that uh, in that one chance that we uh, that FC Goa could have created. But again, the coach knows what he wants to do. But maybe Angola doesn't run around. He doesn't press as well as uh, mm-hmm. Ortiz does. So maybe that's what he's doing. Like, you have to be... But again, the sharpness that he has in the final third is something... <laughs> I just... It's one thing I keep thinking but I don't know who he's going to drop. Like, you know, Ortiz is too good to be dropped and Ed Badia as a captain, you know, I don't know who he can drop but uh, Angula would... Foot could have made a... Made a difference in that sense, but again, it's the level we don't know if they, he will get the chances that, right. uh, and if he does get the chances, probably the defender will cover it up like three times faster than what ISL is used to. So we don't know, but but yeah, I, I feel Languru could have done something.
0: <laughs> well, you sound really really disappointed. <laughs> Yeah, I,
3: I thought he would, he would get the nod simply because he's a very good finisher although he does not really fit ferrando's style and I think he's leaving at the end of the season also. So, all right. But he would have helped, I feel.
0: Well, that about Goa Uri coming back to you with the next team, Alwada from Abu Dhabi. Let me tell you one memory that all the Indian football fans might have of Alwada is it was at the Alwada stadium that India beat Thailand in the, championship, in the Asian Cup match. But beyond that, what is Alwada all about? Yeah, Let me tell you, point. the
3: Indians do not remember that at all.
0: <laughs> we <laughs> remember the win.
3: We don't remember where it happened.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, probably I remember because I was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, basically, for me, one of the nicest stadiums in Abu Dhabi is the uh, Stadium near the central bus station. Right. The a great location. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I really liked it as a stadium. Uh, I think Erwata is coming to this tournament in, a, in some kind of a positive momentum, in a way. Um, they have Hank uh, Tenkate, the Dutch, as a coach. is a very experienced coach. He knows Asian football. He did good things, uh, great things in Asian football and in, in the golf in, in his career. And he has a brilliant football mind. You know, he worked in Chelsea. Uh, in the beginning of the 2000s, uh, when when the club was uh, exploding basically in Europe, he's been at the top of, of what this game can can offer basically, uh, and he's a very 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 knowledgeable uh, coach tactically. And Elwada is not one of you know the top teams in uh, in Emirati football uh, uh, world, I would say, or the Emirati football hemisphere, but or the golf football hemisphere but uh, it's a, it's a familiar club it's a known club um, but this season i think that the strong part of the of the team is is the attack uh, they have a few interesting options um, uh, in first of all of course ismail matar who is a, who is a basically club a club legend then. yeah yeah he's a club legend he's an emirati uh, football legend and he's a fantastic footballer to watch he's a really fun Fun player to watch, uh, which I appreciate a lot. And also both Omar Khribin, um, uh, Asian player of the year uh, 2017, uh, Syrian um, from Damascus, like my grandmother. I love this player just because uh, he's, he's a from South Damascus. No, for sure. And he's a fantastic uh, player that basically fell out of favor at Al-Hilal. Uh, after being good, basically, and uh, a series of injuries and uh, all kinds of things, off-pitch off off pitch issues that uh, prevented him from shining, this season El Elwarta uh, is fi- find, uh, finding his, uh, his form back, which is really nice to watch. He scored the goal in the playoff that brought Elwarta, basically, to this group. Uh, so he became more uh, important uh, team member for Elwarta. And also, team, team Atavs, the Slovenian uh, striker, who is also a scorer, also has a great vision, also knows his positioning well and can play in a team. And uh, also the locals, Khalil Ibrahim, Fales Juma, uh, players that uh, definitely can uh, play good football uh, in the AFC Champions League group stage level. Um, I would say, you know, uh, uh, El wahda basically um, in, is not a, a, a club that wins titles uh, in a... Uh, one after the other. But if they stick together, they can uh, provide something good and, you know, maybe create a a great achievement for themselves. Because right now, with El Rayan's form, they seem like the favorite to finish second in this group for me.
0: Well, uh, let me take that to Ahmad. Ahmad, how do you see Al Rayan and Alwada and the fight to finish second in that group? Does Al Alwada have an upper hand in this?
2: Well, uh, I think it could be very close. But... uh... I also agree with uh, Yuri. I think that Al do have the quality in their team, you know, uh, that they have the upper hand. Uh, When you have a player like Ismail Matarman, I mean, what do I say about him? Since I started following the game as as a kid, he's been there and he's still there. He's the equivalent of Sunil Chetri. So uh, he's like uh, still scoring goals, still uh, inspiring the team. And when they qualified for the group stage in that playoff, it was on his birthday and the whole team was celebrating with him. I mean, he's very much the heart of the team. So with a player like that, uh, who's very experienced, who knows the AFC Champions League, and uh, he's also one of my favorite players in the Gulf because he's played uh, in a very short stint for my club, al back, I think more than 10 years ago. So uh, I'm very happy that he's still here and uh, he's, he's part of history, man, and it's players like FC Goa, players of FC Goa, to play against him, I think someone should tell them who this is and uh, who they're <laughs> playing against. And as for the team's quality, I think uh, Omar Khribin is is amazing. Uh, he was amazing back in 2017 when, when Hilal went all the way to the final. He was uh, instrumental in that run. Obviously, they couldn't win, but he became Asian Player of the Year. It was, it was the height of his career. But uh, Hilal then... Uh, after that season, it didn't work out as well for him. And then he had to leave. And this is the point that he's getting back, you know, slowly but surely, he's getting back to form. So if he clicks, then I think Al can easily finish second or maybe even challenge Persepolis. I mean, who can say what can happen in, in a centralized uh, uh, football uh, tournament like this one? Because uh, if you look at the FC Champions League over the past few years, i would say that uh, domestic form very rarely you know kind of influences the continental form i remember when the east asian teams were winning uh, season after season in the afc champions league urawa reds and pohang steelers they would win in asia and they would be suffering and struggling in their domestic leagues you know that was what was happening so people just need to find the motivation to play in asia to to understand that this is a very very prestigious tournament and that winning it can give you a place in the club world cup and all, all that, that sort of stuff so so players come into the tournament with a different mindset you know so you can never know so I'm I'm predicting that Persepolis will, will win the group but Al Wahda you know can challenge them or at least finish second and go through
0: Well, a completely different yeah, yeah. ball game that is uh, the AFC Champions League continental competition always does that to teams, right? Guys, uh, that's for the discussion. But before we wrap up, there are a few questions that our listeners have asked us. And I'd like to ask you all to uh, answer them. First up, uh, there's a question coming from our listener, Ashritosh, And this question is for Sandeep. Sandeep, what do you think should be FC Goa's approach to these games? Should they try to win with an attacking mindset like they did in the ISL? Or is it much different here? The level is too high for them.
3: Yeah, the level is too high for them. I don't think uh, they'll have enough of the ball to have an attacking mindset. Uh, over the course of the thing, you can try and counterattack. I think, uh, but to uh, be when UA uh, when we, the Indian national team played against UAE, you saw the level that the way that you we can't press a foreign team like Indian players. The full contingent of Indian players cannot go and press a foreign team because our timing is little off and. Even a little bit off means they're immediately playing it through you and there is space in pockets, everything, and then they'll just destroy you. So, I, I assume we're just going to sit tight and uh, sort of stay in our own half and Asigo uh, will then try to counter-attack if possible. Because they have Ortiz who can run with the ball, who is a very good dribbler. So, can he dribble and cause a problem? Is a major question that uh, that is there to be answered. Because beyond that, and we have uh, Brandon is coming back, Brandon Fernandez. He's very good at set pieces and crosses. So, again, when you cross the ball, is Ortiz the guy who can head the ball in. I have my doubts with that also. So, you play on set pieces, whatever you get, uh, and try and counter-attack. Because, honestly, uh, again, like, we say this all the time. This is a level that we are not used to as Indian football fans or Indian football players or players playing in the league. This is a level we are not used to. The only player who's probably played at that level is uh, James Donachi. and he's a defender. Uh, although they did sign players, look, keeping in mind you know this this bigger tournament, this is the first time we have to do well here and things of that nature. It's uh, way too high for an Indian team to go and try and uh, you know outplay the opposition as such. So yeah, counterattack uh, all the way. That's that's. I don't think that's the way they'd want to play. I think that's just the way they'll end up playing. I think let's right. put it that way.
0: All right. Well, next one, let me take this question to Uri. Uh, Uri, Roshan, another of our listeners, wants to know who is the strongest team in the group. I think we've already answered that through our conversation, Persepolis from Iran. But what do you, like his second question is, who do you think will make out from this group? Persepolis, yes, because they are the strongest. Who could be the second one if there is one from Group B? Uh,
1: yeah, so again, uh, as we both, uh, me and Ahmad said, uh, centralized football has its own rules and it's very, you know, you can scout the team and look for the best players, but eventually, without fans in the stadiums, everything can happen. It's a uh, you know learning, learning by the minute through the game. Uh, I I do think that uh, El Wahda is slightly a little bit more chance than El Rayan, only in manners of form. But if El Rayan uh, would connect and uh, Brahimi will be happy, so it will be El Rayan and Brahimi and El Wahda and uh, Ismail Matar. So it's. Quite a quite an even even chance to each one of them if they both uh, play together and uh, looks for the win. All
3: right. So, uh, can I ask you guys something based on some uh, minimal Wikipedia research that I've done? So yeah. this uh, Al they seem to be doing much better in cup tour- tournaments in the last few years rather than uh, the leagues. Are they yeah. a cup team? Are they built to play uh, cup team cu- cup
1: tournaments? Uh, I I. I uh, Ahmad, if you don't like, I would say just uh, uh, when uh, when I said this before. I think that El um, uh, Watat is not built for cups because every every beginning of the season they are saying that this season will be the season that El Watat finally win the title after a uh, 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 few years. But um, um, that sounds like a lot
0: of Liverpool fans
1: out there. Yeah, exactly. I think that <laughs> they, they, they rise they rise for, you know, when their back is is on the wall and they must win, you know, and it's a knockout game and it's a, so uh, I think that this type of uh, competition, this format can definitely benefit the squad, yes. Alright, well,
0: next one, uh, questions for Ahmed, this one comes from our listener, Sean. Uh, he wants to know, will uh, Champions League, the AFC Champions League and FC Goa are participating in this competition, could this prove to be a platform for uh, a few of the Indian f- footballers to show their quality at the continental stage because clubs are not only competing there, uh, they are also scouting for
2: talent, right? I sure hope so, man, I mean, because as, a, as an Indian, I really, really hope that uh, our players can impress at this level. It's the biggest level in Asian football and uh, the whole of the Middle East is watching and that's where, you know, some of the more lucrative leagues are. So, it would be amazing if a player gets a chance to go to one of these leagues and show his worth. Mm-hmm it's not like we don't have the talent it's that we need some time and we need some experience playing at uh, this kind of level so uh, it's just a matter of time in my opinion and right. uh, there is a kind of a block like people look at india as not of a footballing country you know so so bringing in an indian player in the asian asian slot that's not you know what uh, most clubs would do and they would think of it as a, as a waste of the slot but that that mentality could change in in, in a few years time and I think, uh, you know, in countries like uh, Japan, where they have this uh, rule, when Asian players from countries like Thailand, they can come and they can be additional to the, the foreigner player quota, right? So if they have rules like that, uh, then you have players from Thailand like Chanathip and, and Thirasil, and they've gone to the J League and they've impressed, and that has helped the J League's popularity in Thailand. You know, So I'm really looking forward to one of the leagues in the Middle East, you know, maybe Qatar or UAE to take the initiative. If someone in those federations has the kind of long-term vision to see what India's potential as a footballing nation is, I think uh, if someone takes the plunge and, and takes the risk and bring someone, bring a good player from India in the next few years, that could be the start. Maybe this, this particular edition is not the, the, the start, but we could see that in the coming few years.
1: And I want to ask. I want to ask a question for, for all of you, basically, because you know we are we are covering in Baba Gol a little bit of Indian football in 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 the format of long form articles that uh, Shibaji does does our uh, Indian football correspondent is, is producing. But if you need to put the, the finger on an Indian player that would fit in the squad of each one of the three other teams in the group, like right now, except let's say from Sunil Chetri, would be this player that that can right now play Brandon. for Persepolis, Brandon. Brandon.
3: Brandon, yeah.
1: Ah, Brandon is the is the player. Yes. Yeah. Good.
0: Brandon.
2: For so the,
1: you, you, unanimous. You
2: we are unanimous on that. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: I think in in a few years maybe Apuya can be one of them. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But right now Brandon is as close to a best footballer we have in the country.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. I think I think one of the biggest things that you know Indian football fans should be expecting from this from this experience because it's a first first experience basically, is being patient and and embrace Asian football. You know we already exactly. got uh, got uh, many uh, DMs uh, from Indian football followers. Uh, uh, of Baba Gold that sent us, oh, the hours are so late and it's going to be a disadvantage for our team and we're going to bring shame on Indian football. And also uh, Martin, in a plastic pitcher, who is a great uh, Asian football writer, uh, asked me about the, the hours. And I said, you know, this is part of Asian football in, in, the, in the AFC Championship. We celebrate here everything that Asia has to offer culturally and footballly and basically it's a it's a privilege to have it through the the time of the holy month of Ramadan and it's something that Indian football fans also need to embrace and understand that they are now playing with the big clubs of the Middle East so if it's played during Ramadan you know embrace it and and take it as it comes uh, so it's a, it's a, basically it's a learning path that they are starting yeah. so not rising up the expectation too high because otherwise the disappointment will be uh, huge in, in this case and You are here to learn and and grow. So it's a great chance, you know. It was important for me to highlight, yeah.
0: Well, we appreciate it. And it's a learning experience for Indian football and Indian football fans, this AFC Champions League campaign that FC Goa will be embarking on. One last question. And Sandeep, let me take this to you. It comes from a handle named Fern La I'm pretty sure that's not the real name, but just the name of the handle. Uh, What should be FC Goa's realistic aim in the ACL? I, I hope, Sandeep, you have answered it. Three points.
3: No, that is my... Uh, well, my, my uh, that's what you're like, Yeah, you wish certain things, right? You wish right. uh, when India went to the Asian Cup be that uh, best third place team and qualify.
0: Correct.
3: So that was our wish. But we knew at the end of the day that was a hard task. Mm-hmm. And uh, it didn't work out. And here, get three points. Get one win. Like imagine what one win can do to someone like a Princeton or a Sanson right. or this Romario Jesuraj who are all in their... Young 20s, plus or minus 5, because this is Indian football. So, uh, they are young, at least on, in that sense. And what they can, going forward, so, Clifford and Princeton, they both come from the same village in Goa. So, back in the day when Clifford was playing in the AFC Cup semi-final, Princeton was watching. Because he was a neighbor and he was watching Dempo, who was the best team at that time, play, and they really he grew up watching Miranda, Clifford Miranda. Clifford grew up watching Princeton's uncle, who at that time was playing for Salgaonkar, who was the best team at that time when mm-hmm. Clifford was a young boy. So you can only imagine there will be someone from the same village who is young right now, who is going to watch Princeton play, and then when he comes of age, maybe he can be at a level where oh we are playing, we are now Constantly playing Champions League and trying to get out of the group, or maybe even kicking out a win here and there. So it's a process, but it's stories like this, right? Right. It's the next generation that is going to benefit a lot from uh, these competitions.
0: All
1: right.
0: Well, he has one more question. The handle has one more question. Emma, do you want to take this? Uh, A man wants to know uh, which Indian player would stand out in this Aves at the ACL level?
2: As I said, I, I think uh, Brandon has the quality and the potential, so I guess it would be him. And uh, let's see, because uh, as I said, as Yuri said, and this is their first uh, foray into Asia. You know, it's the, it's the time to be modest and not have too many hopes. And uh, they will not be able to play the kind of free flowing game that they would rather. Play and and that they ha- they're used to in in India, right? It's a different ball game. So we may not be able to see what we want to, but uh, I do hope it's Brandon. And uh, as we just said, um, it could be an opportunity to to be seen and noticed
0: by others. Right? It's an opportunity to be noticed with a lot of hopes, a- FC Gova will embark on their AFC Champions League campaign next week. Thanks a lot, guys. That brings us to the end of the episode. Uri, thanks a lot for making some time out. So goes with Akhmud and Sandeep. Uh, and to you listeners for staying throughout this episode and throughout our journey on injury time, you can always reach out to us on our social media handles, which goes by the name at the rate, Injury Time, IND. Write to us, talk to us. We can have discussions. We can carry forward these discussions even there. So... There's no stopping discussing football, right? Until we bring you the next episode of Injury Time, have a great time and enjoy the game.